All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast, uh, football edition. We're talking preseason rankings tonight, uh, specifically, if I could speak, uh, quarterbacks. Joining me, four-man show tonight, um, let's go with the the guy that's not usually here, Brandon Schur. Thanks, Cos. Glad to be here. (laughs) Uh, Also got Eddie Mitchum, our football expert. Good to be here in person, Matt. Yes, and also Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, all four of us in the same room. It's not usually how we how we do things here on the RTS pod, um, but we're uh, pretty lucky tonight. We just had our off-season meeting for our fantasy football league, our home league here. 50% uh, attendance, not bad. Uh, you know, we have a competition committee of five members. Two of them were here, so we were not able to actually vote on anything for uh, the 2016 season. Got... Absolutely nothing accomplished except for some grand larceny and two trades that happened. So we'll talk about those trades in a little more detail when we start doing our uh, league podcasts. Um, But there was one quarterback to move teams tonight in trades, and that was Mr. Cam Newton, the number one scorer last year in the 2015 season. Um, He, again, is my number one quarterback for this season. I think actually all of us have number one on their preseason rankings. But, Eddie, I want to start off with you because right before we got on air here, you were talking about how maybe Cam's not as safe as everybody thinks he is. Yeah, we, all, we did all put him one. But, you know, it was just spur of the moment. I started digging through some 2014 stuff. And uh, he was hurt a lot that year. And he finished like 21 behind guys like Tannehill and Matt Ryan, some of the guys that we consider questionable quarterback picks. It just rekindles the thought in my head. I, I have a tough time banking on Cam Newton staying healthy for an entire season. Um, and every time I bring up Big Ben as the homer guy, you guys kind of roll your eyes and say, yeah, if you take out the six games, you know you're missing from him. And I feel like Cam Newton's not far off from that. Uh, so that's why, I mean, you've got to put him number one. You can't not do that because of the rushing stats and everything you're going to get out of him. Um, and with Benjamin back, that's a real big reason why you got to have him there. He did it last year with limited targets. Um there's always that thought in the back of your mind, but you can't draft expecting injury, so you got to have it one. I think I think Cam has to be number one just because his floor is so high, with the, the additional running stats as well as rushing touchdowns, um, just to go on top of whatever he does passing, which was improved last year. His floor is just so high; you're not gonna get the below. 15 points from a quarterback. You're looking 18 to 22 average probably weekly. So his floor is just so high that he has to be number one. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at at least five touchdowns on the ground, which you're not going to get from anybody outside of maybe Russell Wilson, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, maybe even a luck um, running the football. But one thing you've seen from Cam Newton a lot the last two years is a lot of big hits, and he gets comes up wincing, I think, more than almost any other player. Um, when do you think, Shane, he stops running so much? Um, I, I actually don't think it's this year, but it's got to be soon, right? Um, it's one of the big reasons I want to trade him. Um, there's, there's a few reasons. I, I was the one that traded Newton. Um, I just think that there's so much value at the quarterback position. Um, there's, there's so many good quarterbacks that, as far as fantasy goes, that, that can put up some, some solid numbers that I just think the value of quarterback, we talked about it last week, is just we didn't have any in our first round. Um, as good as Newton's been, no one was willing to go and spend a first rounder on Yeah, which we said was a change from prior years where Rodgers and even Andrew Luck to an extent were staples in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the way that the NFL is shifting, um, it's so pass-heavy now. Um, quarterbacks are putting up huge numbers passing the football that – on a week-to-week basis, you can almost find someone on your free agency waiver wire that, that can put up, I don't, I don't want to say the same numbers that Newton's going to put up, but you can find someone that's going to put up 15 points on a week-to-week basis just about anywhere. Well, one of the guys in our league put together an average of what every starting quarterback did last year, and I think the average was 18 points, and I tend to agree with you. I think you can find someone in free agency that can put up 18 points on any given week. You just got to pick the right guy, and that's the risk that you run into it. Yeah, yeah. The reason uh, that you have Newton ranked one is because 
he's so consistent. I mean, you're just like Brandon talked about. I mean, his floor is so low. You're gonna you're gonna get those thirty rushing yards. You're gonna get solid passing numbers added in, and, and the touchdowns obviously on the ground. He's probably gonna throw for one in the air. You're gonna get your 18, 20 points, and you're, you're pretty much gonna count on it every week. Well, the, the, the risk you run into playing on the waiver wires. Hey, maybe you you pick the wrong guy and you only get five, six points. So it could burn you there. Well, the number I want to associate with Cam Newton, and I don't want to spend too much time on him because you know we did talk about the safety in Cam Newton, but. Uh, the number here is 28. So 28 is his average draft position right now, which would be the fourth pick in the third round. So I want to ask you guys if you feel like that's about right for him um, as the number one quarterback off the board. And then the other thing that's 28 is he has the 28th strength of schedule right now. So fifth hardest schedule for quarterbacks uh, coming into this 2016 season. So just some thoughts on that, um, where you guys stand as him being the fourth pick in the third round and the fact that he has the fifth worst schedule for quarterbacks here in the preseason. I feel like, like Shane said, the way that the fantasy landscape has shifted, fourth pick in the third round I feel like sounds right. Because yeah, depending on where you are, I feel like you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, or if you feel like you missed the back end of that top wide receiver core, you're going to snag one of the top running backs. Yeah, if you're, well, it's, if you're picking fourth, I think we said you would probably get Maybe on Bell. Bell. If Bell or Gurley goes <clears throat> in the top three, you maybe get one of the big three at receiver, or you get a guy like Hopkins at four. And then you definitely have to come back with a running back, I think, Yeah, in it depends round two. on what happens. I mean, if Bell still goes in your top three, you're getting one of the top flight receivers. If Bell goes in the top three, you're getting Hopkins or whoever's at the back end of that. And then when it comes back to you, you're trying to get whatever like else. Thomas probably, Rawls or something, maybe. Whatever else probably you need in that top end. And then I think when it comes to you on the third turn, the third round, the second turn, you're going to be starting to go quarterback there. I think So I think that sounds right to me. Yeah, if you can get the number one scorer in fantasy in the third round, I think you're okay with that. You guys feel like that's about right, yeah, too? I, or are you, I mean, I, I think for the majority, the four of us here are probably waiting on quarterback. I don't think any of us would spend that pick. But you're okay with it if you do. Yeah, I think it's about right. Like Stein said, I think just with the way the league is, and kind of every year there's four teams plus – that are usually just atrocious against the pass. I mean, I know there were a couple of weeks last year when I, I ran out Brian Hoyer, and I don't think anyone's going to argue that Brian Hoyer is a a great quarterback. But no, he doesn't have can, a job this year, so <laughs> right when you can when you can run him out and off the waiver wire and and get a a week's performance that you would get with Cam Newton. I just don't know if you want to waste much higher of a fourth round pick on. <clears throat> A quarterback rather than another running back or receiver that could put up points weekly. Three of those atrocious pass defenses happened to be in his division. Saints, Falcons, and Bucks. I think were all really bad against the pass last year, if I remember correctly. Yes. So that that is helpful, which is interesting to see that he has the fifth worst schedule, even with those three teams. I mean, Atlanta, I think maybe tried to get a little better defensively. The Saints. I think the Saints are going to be better. You think they will be? Yeah, switching. Coordinators and I, I like what the Bucks. I, th- I feel like they're always a team that's improving. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely a good point there on how bad some of these defenses are against the pass, and also the volume of how much teams throw nowadays. All right, so uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson probably projected to be two and three in scoring. You know, Wilson's another guy who gets the rushing, rushing numbers. Um, Let's talk about Rodgers first, though. How do you guys feel about Aaron Rodgers and a bounce-back season for the Packers quarterback, who is normally the number one quarterback off the board? I like him a lot. I mean, He still gives you those sneaky rushing stats. He's still going to scamper out there, get, grab you a rushing touchdown here or there. Um, he missed Jordy Nelson dearly. He's definitely their playmaker. Um, I think Cobb's going to get a big uptick this year with Nelson back, moving him back to the slot. So... I think I think we see the Aaron Rodgers that we're accustomed to seeing this year. Um, he's still got it. I think he's still in his prime. Um, I think he's going to be a good pick this year. I think that he's going to be vying for that number one quarterback spot at the end of the year very closely. Um, if granted, if everyone stays healthy, I think he's going to be there. I'm in. I'm in on Rodgers. Um, I think it's a big year. And I think I'm willing to say that he would be my top quarterback off the board. So that's changing your rankings from two weeks ago when we talked about it. 
It is. I mean, I think Cam Newton's the safest. I mean, my, obviously my rankings are going to be a little different. I mean, uh, that's a more of a prediction. I, I think I would. I, I could definitely see him being number one. Um, I think Cam Newton's the guy you take number one. But I, I think Rodgers is going to have a better year. I agree with what you're saying, though. I, it crossed signals with your predictions being different from your rankings, but I'm looking through mine. I have Russell Wilson down to seven. I mean, I wouldn't take him as the seventh quarterback off the board. I just think there's a fall-off. Um, so I, I agree with what you're saying with different opinions, where you would take him versus where you think. Uh, so yeah. Sure, is Rodgers still a third-round pick for you? Right now I got his ADP at 33. So he would be the ninth pick in the second in the third round. Uh, I think that's about right for him. I think a lot of it just kind of depends on your draft too. I mean, for me especially, I would feel it out before. I'm I'm not going to be the first one to take a quarterback. I probably won't be the second or third one to take a quarterback. If the league draft looks like it's going more skill players heavy, I'm just going to follow that trend and keep going with the skill players, and then get a quarterback at a at a later round. Let me put it this way. I mean, you won our league last year. You won with a guy, Kirk Cousins. <coughs> you picked up off of free agency, unowned. I mean, a guy that got hot the last four or five weeks of the season and put up big numbers, 20 points in a, in a number of those weeks. I mean, don't you feel like just that's going to be kind of like the norm now of every week, every year? There's going to be more guys that, hey, I just need to find a team that's trending towards throwing the ball more um i can find someone that's available at the end of the year and throughout the season even that i can just plug into my lineup i'd rather go with strong skill position players and take my 12 15 points from my quarterback position and maybe i get a bonus when i find a hot guy yeah um i feel like there's something to be said for that i tend to be a guy that kind of zigs when people zag and stuff um and the one thing I'll say about getting one of Newton or Rodgers in a draft this year is it's just nice to have a guy that you know every week you can put in your quarterback and you don't have to spend any time looking at free agency because then maybe you can spend some more time looking for the Allen Hearnses and the guys like and Thomas Rawls is the guys that you know you find in free agency that maybe you don't have the ability to go out and get. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I've always been a guy that's drafted the quarterback last and I think I'm still probably closer to that than going up and getting Newton or Rodgers um, in the first or second round, but I kind of like this third-round price tag on those two guys. Don't you, don't you feel like it's one or the other, though? I feel like you either got to – at what point does it – I guess my question is, at what point does it drop off to say, I'm not going to take a quarterback until the end of the draft? Like, there's got to be a there's got to be a certain point where we hit, right? Like, is it – Andrew Luck. Is it Andrew Luck? I mean, right now, Luck's projected as the fifth-best quarterback. Uh, is it Drew Brees? I mean, you're obviously not going to... To me, I think it's Eli right now around that eight spot. Um, I think that's kind of probably where I'm going to fall in. I usually, like, to, like fifth and sixth round is usually my quarterback spot when I know I have two running backs, two receivers. And usually I like to try and get a tight end, um, one of the top tight ends. Last year I was in a 10-team league and I took Gronk one overall just because I felt like in a 10-team league, getting that top tight end, I knew there was going to be a lot of depth at running back and receiver, finished second in that league. So um, I think it just, like Brandon said, depends on the league and how things go. I think in that league I got um, Russell Wilson as my starting quarterback in like round seven or eight, and that just worked out perfect in that case. But it, it really depends on the guys you're drafting with. And in the past, it's been... Guys draft quarterbacks early, so there is value in those quarterbacks late. I feel like everybody's kind of starting to see that quarterbacks go later, so I think the value is starting to shift towards getting these top guys in the third, fourth round, in my opinion. I'm with you. I'll wait as long as I can for quarterback guy because I think there's just a bigger gap between the top receivers in that next tier and the top quarterbacks in the next tier. I think, you know, whether whatever it might be, if you look at it, might be like a say a five point gap between that top tier and, and the next tier quarterbacks. I feel like it might be ten for your top tier receivers and the next guys just because they're not getting as many targets. Attempts I think are you know comparable across the league. And I think every year, the last two years looking back, digging into some of the old stuff, there's been surprises at the top every year. Like Tannehill was like seven in 2014. No one saw that coming. People tried to ride that into 2015. It didn't work well because there was other guys that came up and surprised us like Bortles. 
uh, Carson Palmer, Kirk De- Cousins, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. I mean, there's surprises every year, so I feel like waiting on quarterback has become more relevant than ever. Um, I, I don't think. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. I think I'm probably a year away from saying the value is going and getting a Cam or a Rogers in the third or fourth round. Um, I think we're I think we're getting close to that point where at some point you're going to be able to get a steal here in the fourth round with getting the top quarterback on the board in the fourth round. I think just things are cyclical and everybody gets on one trend and then at, once everybody's on that trend, it's time to maybe swing the other way. We saw it, you know, for the longest time, last ten years, it's been. 12 running backs off the board in the first round. And now we're lucky if we get three or four, I think, this year. So it's just it's constantly shifting, and you have to be able to, to change the, with the game. Yeah, kind of the way I look at it, I mean, when you get into bye weeks, if you have a Cam Newton and then by chance you have Antonio Brown, who are you more worried about replacing in that bye week? And Brown. for me, right, and that that's the answer I, I also go with. So I kind of put the value of quarterbacks a little bit lower there. You're not going to be able to go on the waiver and replace your output from Brown, but you could go on the, the waiver and find somebody with a good matchup and replace Cam Newton. Yeah, I, I think it's like at any given moment on the free agency waiver wire, you can probably find a quarterback that's going to put up 10 points, 10, 12 points. You can probably find someone that's going to do that. I don't know that you can really guarantee just about anyone on a waiver wire wide receiver that's going to put up that. Aren't we getting there though with receiver? Aren't we aren't we almost at that point where there's almost two to three receivers relevant on almost every team? Yeah, I think there's more of a crapshoot behind it though because you got to bank on those targets. I think you're you're more likely to pick a matchup where a team's down and slinging the rock, and you can kind of predict attempts more than you can targets. When you're when you're trying to get a number three receiver off of waiver wire, it's it's a lot tougher to do than getting a starting quarterback because you know he's going to get the attempts. Um, but yeah, going back to what we we're saying, I'm a guy that would pick Eli Manning and ride or die with him the whole way before stretching out myself and grabbing Cam or something or too early, just because I think the the difference between the number one quarterback to the number what do you say you had Eli at eight? Yeah, he's around eight on my list, I think. Yeah, so I think the difference between Antonio Brown to the eight receivers is a lot bigger than Cam Newton to Eli Manning, in my opinion. So that's where I'm at with it. All right, let's talk about Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. Uh, you know, we talked about Newton and Rogers. Wilson and Luck drafted in the same class together. Um, Luck obviously dealt with the injury issues last year, but um, he was the top quarterback off the board last year along with Aaron Rodgers. Um and Wilson is about as steady as it goes. Eddie, I think you told us the last two years there's only one player. It's been top five in scoring the last two years, and that player was Russell Wilson. Um, we saw last year starting to become more of a throwing team. Um, a lot of his production came through the air last year, where in 14 I think a lot of it was with his legs and the fact I think he had seven or eight touchdowns in 2014 rushing. So um, who do you guys think is safer between Wilson and Luck? Who do you think has more upside, um, and then who do you guys like better out of the out of the two of them? Uh, these are two guys that, for some reason, I I love to hate. I don't know why. I just I feel like Wilson does it in a sneaky way to me. Like I, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's on the West Coast. I don't catch as many of his games. I I don't know what it is. But I didn't even realize he was as effective the last two years as he was, which is probably an oversight on my part. Uh, but I would take Wilson all day every day before I take Luck I just feel like Luck hasn't done enough since he's been in for me to see I think he was a top five guy in 2014 but uh, I just think Wilson's on the better team and you have to put that into perspective I think that offensive line's still a mess Um, I don't know how good of a number one T.Y. Hilton is so that scares me Um, Jimmy Graham's gonna get more involved you'd have to think this year which is gonna help Wilson so I would take Wilson way before Luck if I was picking. I rank them both closely <coughs> in my rankings, but if I had to pick one of the two, I'd go Wilson. I'm going to take Luck. I'm going to take Luck over Wilson here. Um, I don't know. I'm just not a big Russell Wilson guy. Um, I think Andrew Luck is a star. And I think that uh, last year, just the injuries, he needed to be healthy. And once he's healthy, I think we're going to see a huge numbers out of him. I mean... I think that Andrew Luck's ceiling is much higher than than Russell Wilson's. Um, still feel like the Seahawks like to play conservative football. They like to run the ball. Pete Carroll always likes to run the ball. 
and it's going to kind of take away from Russell Wilson at times. I don't think the the throwing last year was an indication of what kind of team they want to be. I think they want to be more of a run-first team, um, let the defense win the game for you. And last year it just seemed like they had to kind of turn away from that because the Marshawn Lynch injury, the, the uncertainty at running back was kind of what led them into that area. So I'll take luck because I think for the reasons you said, I don't think their team is as good, and I think they're going to throw the ball more. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm higher on luck, and again, for really no reasons besides just my own personal thoughts. I'm not a big Russell Wilson fan. I, I don't think all of his scramble plays that he extends the play and then throws a 40-yard pass, it's just it's not sustainable. Um, and that's that's a lot of his big plays, his big pass plays. You don't see a ton of dropbacks and then get a lot of yards that way. And I think Eddie said it on the last podcast, is just Doug Baldwin's your number one. Can he win one-on-one matchups every, every Sunday, every Monday out? Uh, so I think Andrew Luck's ceiling is a lot higher. He's going to throw for 400 yards a lot more than Russell Wilson would. Yeah, he also the you know Luck is a pretty good runner himself. He has a knack for finding the goal line. I think I agree with the fact that Luck has higher upside because I think you know speaking today on July second, I think I would be less surprised if Andrew Luck was the number one quarterback this year in fantasy at the end of the year than if Russell Wilson was. I think I'd be more surprised if Wilson had a season like that where he was the number one quarterback. But I could see it happening with Luck. Um, I think there's some tougher defenses in the NFC West as well um and that goes with strength of schedule luck has the uh 16th best schedule and wilson has the 25th best against quarterbacks so let me ask you this just kind of on topic because this is how i feel um i think if i'm trying to win a football game i think i'd rather have russell wilson um but fantasy wise i think i'd rather have andrew luck are you guys on the same page there or no (sighs) it's hard for me to say just because I think we say that pretty easily, and I think I'd probably agree with you right now, but I think it's pretty easy to say that because Wilson's team. been on the better team, and it's, you know, Luck has done a lot with a team that's not very good, in my opinion, and hasn't been very good. They go out and win 10 games uh, in 2013 and 2014 like it's nothing, and, and then they get steamrolled in the playoffs because they're not very good. So I think it's hard to say. I think if you flip-flop these two guys... I think if Luck was on the Seahawks, I think we'd be talking about him right up there with Cam Newton, in my opinion. Yeah, that's actually what I was just thinking about. If you flip these players on their and keep the rest of the team themselves, I think Andrew Luck gets better while Russell Wilson gets worse because of he is, and I don't want to use this term, but a, more of a game manager where he'll throw for three touchdowns but only have 180 yards, whereas if he doesn't have that defense in the run game with him, I don't know if he can drop straight back and sling it 40 times and be successful like Andrew Luck can. Yeah, Luck's never had a running game like um, Russell Wilson's had. Or defense. True. Yeah, that was the one thing that stood out to me. As Shane was talking, he talked about not liking Wilson because they're a run-first team and, and all the things that come first with run-first teams, but you look back at it, I, th- I think having a run game makes your quarterback much better. Um, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that go out without a run game and are highly successful. You look at some of the quarterbacks that have been successful over time, what they become less effective when they <coughs> lose a run game. Um, I know Rodgers lost Nelson this year, but their run game was atrocious. Lacey was terrible, and I think that we can all agree that that had something to do with Rodgers' effectiveness. Um, when you're facing defenses that have eight guys in the box, it's a lot easier to throw the ball than it is when you're facing guys that spread out. There's very few guys, and all of them that have come through the league and have been able to do it, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, we consider them the greats because they can line up and throw it 60 times and be effective with no run game. Um, But I think you need an effective run game to be good, and because Luck doesn't have that, I think he's easier to play against. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, talking about not having a running game. I think that becomes more relevant when you get in that 8-10 to range because there's three guys in particular that I'm looking at in that 8-10 to range right now that don't have a running game, and I think that's what makes them exciting at 8-10, to and those are Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, and Kirk Cousins. 
the reasons why we're excited about those guys is because you know the volume is going to be ridiculous with those three guys because of the fact that you don't have to worry about any running back taking 20 touches away from them, dropping back and throwing it 30 to 40 times a game. Yeah, I think those three guys you named are just kind of, again, because of not having a running game or a little bit more in an offense where on first down, they'll take a, a three, four-yard reception just to get ahead of the chains. Um, so that's not a bad thing, and, and they're going to be throwing it more, but they stay ahead of the chains, and they don't have to make get into third and 12s, third and 13s, and, and struggle. Well, yeah, let me put it this way. I think those three guys have their value bumped up into the 8 to 10 range because of the fact that they don't have a running game, whereas guys like Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer, um, Tony Romo, who's the other guy I wanted to mention, um, like a Teddy Bridgewater, they all have running games, so they get pushed down because of volume. So it's like, where do you get to a point where you want your quarterback to have a running game like Eddie? Like you're saying, you know, you, you think Rodgers got hurt because he didn't have a running game, but then you like a guy like Eli Manning because he doesn't have a running game. Where's that? Where's that happen for you? No, it's a tough question. I mean, that's where you got to try to segregate between fantasy and building a team. Oh, like like this question that Shane threw out. Um, I don't know. You got to just find a team that is balanced. I think if you find a team that has that's run heavy, like you threw out the name Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater only has a run game. Like mm-hmm. I'm never looking at Teddy Bridgewater to carry a team. I want a quarterback that has to carry his team on my fantasy team. Um, so, but then you look at guys that have run games that are successful, like Roethlisberger. They're fifty-fifty split. I mean, they're going to run the ball, but they're still he's still going to get his too. Um, and Russell Wilson, I think they've become more fifty-fifty split, especially now that Lynch isn't there. I don't think they're going to lean heavily on the run game. I think they're going to be more of a fifty-fifty split. Um, and, and Manny, they still try to run the ball, but they're just not good at it. Yeah. Um, I like Manny, but some of the guys you're naming have have a guy that we would rank in the top three at their position too as pass catchers. Kirk Cousins has Jordan Reed. Yeah. I mean, he's going to make plays for you. Odell so you Beckham, Keenan Allen. Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen. So they all have top top flight guys at those positions too. Uh, that That's what helps them. I Wilson think that's what and Luck don't them. have that. Yeah, and that's what that's what knocks them too for me. I don't, I don't believe in T.Y. I don't believe in Doug Baldwin. So that's the scary part for them. They don't have that playmaker. Um, I mean, even Hoyer's name was thrown out earlier as a guy you could run out there. There's only one reason why you could run Hoyer out there on any given week because of Hopkins. Yeah. So I think if you're looking for someone that's got that 50-50 split, they need to have that that playmaker that can turn something into a big play on the back end. Like Ted Ginn on the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about You mentioned Big Ben. Uh, I want to lump him with Drew Brees, two guys that dealt with um, some injury issues last year, both, I think, foot injuries between the two of them. Um, but both finished pretty high, at least in the per-game rankings. Breeze was incredible down the stretch, and Ben was incredible when he was in the lineup. Um, two guys that probably right now we could project to be in the top five in yards for this year. Um, just teams that drop back and throw it a lot. Uh, Breeze and Roethlisberger, where do you guys stand? I think I think everybody here is probably going to have Ben ahead of Breeze, but maybe that says that Breeze is a better value this year. Where do you, what do you guys think? Where do you stand? I think you have to have Ben ahead of Breeze. Um, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find anyone that doesn't have Ben ahead of him, um, just based on the weapons that he has around him. Um, he just has better players. He's better offensive players. He's got the best wide receiver in football. He's got best running back in the football. Best running back <laughs> in football. Um, and kind of an approach to their team where they're saying, we're going to try to put a lot of points on the board. <laughs> Um, just the way they're going to play. So they're constantly going to be going for it. There's going to be a lot of opportunity there. Um, so I, I think that for those reasons, you have to have Ben ahead of Breeze. That being said, Breeze showed last year he still has it. He still has a little bit left in the tank. Um, no reason that he's not going to be a, another top 10 quarterback season this year. There was a long stretch of like three weeks that we were questioning whether or not Drew Brees still had it with the shoulder injury the zip on the ball there was there was a point there where we started to think this could be the beginning of the end and that that worries me a little bit with breeze um 
and I think it's easier to think that Breeze has fallen off just because of the huge seasons he was putting up just three, four years ago. Um, but I would, I would definitely take Ben over him just because, like Shane said, he's got way better weapons around him. Um, and a better offensive coordinator. Ben's been great since Haley came in there. Yeah, since they've gotten it going, uh, it took a little while. But I, I don't know how much you trust in Cooks. He got it going down the stretch there a little bit. But he maybe was a slow start to last year for someone that a lot of people had as a breakout guy. It took him a long time to show that potential. Um, he certainly did down the stretch, so you think he's going to be a, a good threat for them this year. But um, we talked all night about Ingram because he was a guy that got moved in our in our season and or in our league, and you just wonder how effective Ingram is going to be catching the ball. I feel like that was an aberration last year, and we're not going to see that again. He got a lot of a lot of benefit out of Ingram's catch uh, run after the catch and things last year. Uh, but for me, it's Ben. I don't think it's that close. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Ben. I don't think it's it's really that close. Uh, just again, same points, better team, better weapons. The only thing that worries me a little bit with Ben, and like you said, you brought it up a little bit, the injuries. And they're not really injuries because of his age or anything. They're just injuries because of the amount of hits he takes because he will stand in there so long um, to make a throw. And I don't know if that's ever going to change with him. It's just his style. He's a big body. Uh, but it, it worries me that how many how many seasons recently has he missed time? He seems to miss two games every year. Um, and I like Ben. I think I have him as my <clears throat> third quarterback right now, third or fourth. Um, probably behind Newton, Rodgers, and Luck. I probably have Ben four right there on my rankings right now. Um, but I think the va- the better value is in Drew Brees right now because I think, like Eddie said, people are worried about Brees <clears throat> because of the fact he had some down, down weeks last year. Um, but ended up having a great season. And there's a lot of excitement around Pittsburgh right now, but... The one thing, and I tend to watch a lot of Steelers games, or at least follow them very closely, because of the fact that there's a lot of good fantasy players on that team. You know, they put up the 17-10 loss to the Browns in a random week. and They seem to lose games that they shouldn't every year. And those are games where Ben puts up real clunkers. Um, and the other thing about Drew Brees that I can't believe Shane didn't mention, Drew Brees at home. <laughs> Gosh. How good is that dude at home? Love me some Drew Brees at home. <laughs> this, this, the, the Browns clunker was after he came back from missing like three games, though. Yeah, but the they, didn't they lose to the Bucks earlier in the year or something? Yeah, they did. They, you're right, they do lose some games that they shouldn't, which is tough to watch. And they always play tough with the Bengals, I mean. Yeah, the exciting thing for me with Ben is he's come out and said... You know, following the Steelers closely as a Steelers fan, he's come out and said it's the first time he's been healthy in an offseason. Usually he's going through an offseason surgery or just banged up going into the offseason. He said this is the first time he's been healthy for the offseason. And he's dropped 20 pounds, so you expect him to take maybe less hits. Maybe we'll see that mobile Ben because he's been pretty husky the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, go to training camp every year. Sometimes he walks out and you think he's playing left tackle for him, <laughs> um, which is probably why he can take some of those hits. But maybe now he avoids some of those hits and maybe he stays more healthy this year. So, Well, I'm excited. One thing I will say I'm excited about Ben this year is for the first time he will have a playmaking tight end like Breeze had for so long with Jimmy Graham. Ladarius Green is one of those tight ends in the league that everyone says could you know moonlight as a wide receiver. And I think that that's going to be interesting to see how he gets used because we're used to seeing the six-yard curl from Heath Miller on a dump down or some kind of ugly Heath Miller play. And I think we have a guy that can maybe break some plays off down the middle and maybe even free some stuff up for Brown and out wide and Bell down low. Yeah, I think that's exciting as well because Ben, he loves to use the tight end. Yeah. I mean, you look at the career. Heath Miller was startable and he's not You look at the career that Heath Miller put up and I don't think he's doing that in a lot of places. No. I feel like Ben made Heath Miller a serviceable guy for a long time. Not that he was a bad tight end, but... There's not a lot of places he's doing that, so it's exciting to see what, what might happen. Uh, Heath Miller was frustrating when he catch the ball over the middle. It was two hands on the ball and just wait for someone to hit you in the knees and go down. Ladarius <laughs> Green might hurdle a guy and go the distance, so yeah. it's exciting to see what might happen with a guy down the middle of the field getting his hands on the ball. Just to change gears here a little bit, um, we had two Roethlisberger's and it's not close. I think I'm going to go Ben and it is close. Um, and just for the one of the facts you talked about, Drew Brees gets to play a guaranteed nine games at home every year. Or inside. In Eight the dome. games. He plays in Atlanta as well. Oh, yeah. So he gets nine. 
Um, and he's really good indoors. I mean, he is. He just plays really well indoors. Um, we know the, the history of playing outdoors. He's not great. But you play those. He has that benefit of playing in the controlled environment. Roethlisberger plays in the north. Um, get a lot of cold weather games. Never know what the weather's going to be like late in the season. And that definitely plays a fact in, factor in uh, what you can put up fantasy-wise. So, and Shane, if you love Drew Brees at home, how much do you love Drew Brees at home on primetime? You can't, you can't really do better than Drew Brees <laughs> in primetime at home. You really can't do better fantasy. Um, you get him in a Monday night game in the, in the Superdome. Against the Lions. Against the Lions. <laughs> I mean, you're just looking at 30 points in the eye right there. It's just almost a guarantee. Yeah, that, those are always fun weeks to uh, put some money down on New Orleans <laughs> when they're at home on a, on a night game. Uh, two guys that broke out last year. We talked briefly about Kirk Cousins. Um, the other guy, Blake Bortles, broke out, and I think he is a trendy name right now for some <clears throat> people. I want to know where you guys stand on Bortles and Cousins and who you guys like better. I'm going to go with Bortles. Boo. And it's, it's, and it's very close. I think he just has better weapons. I think that Cousins is Jordan Reed dependent. Um, and I also think that Bortles is going to have a run game this year, which I think is going to help him. Um, that team's getting better, which may hurt him as they get better defensively. Yes. I, don't think that, I mean, they're getting better defensively. They're not going to be down 40 every week, you wouldn't think. Um which hurts him, but I think the addition of the run game might help him a little bit. They're doing everything they can to get him a run game. Um, so I think with that being said, he's he's the better bet to sustain it in my mind. I think Cousins may have been a one-hit wonder, but we'll see. I'm going to go Cousins here. Um, he's a gamer, and I think he's a winner. So, um, And Washington can't run the ball. They like to sling the rock. And Jordan Reed is a freak. So, for those reasons, I'm going to go Cousins over Bortles. I just don't think Bortles is that good. Yeah, I like Cousins too. I think Bortles did a lot of his his points last year in kind of the trash time that we talk about where teams are in prevent defenses and he's throwing the ball to Allen Robinson and Hearns and and getting some, some trash points. So I would go Cousins. Uh, plus, I think the division he plays in is probably a little more, I don't necessarily want to say friendly, but more high scoring. Uh, the, the Cowboys and Giants probably project to have pretty good offenses that you're going to have to stay with and throw the ball. Yeah, I like Cousins better too. Um, I like what they did adding Josh Doxson, and I still think there's some some value left in Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon. Ew. Um, I, I, I will not be a guy taking Deshaun <laughs> Jackson, but I think if you make him your flex, there's some weeks where he's going to be uh, pretty relevant. And I think the league's going to catch up to the Jaguars and Hearns and Robinson. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just that stigma that comes with the Jaguars that you expect them to stink. But uh, I, I like Cousins better than Bortles. I I would not be drafting Bortles as a starting quarterback this year in a fantasy league, and I think that's the price you're going to have to pay to get him. What about the addition of Julius Thomas, the guy we really didn't get to see a whole lot of last year? That's another weapon that he didn't even have. He was pretty good when he played, um, and I like Yeldon probably more than anybody. Um, unfortunately, the Jaguars seem to like Chris Ivory more than Yeldon too, so uh, I don't know. just don't think Bortles is very good. I don't know. We'll see. But Tom uh, Thomas is a good good target. He's not good not as good as Reed, but I don't think that's what you were asking. No, no, that's not. I just think I think he has more to work with. You give me Hearns, Robinson, and Thomas over Reed, Jackson, and Garcon. I, I don't think that's very much of a debate. No, I think the Jaguars probably have better weapons, but I think there's something to be said for Brandon said with the defenses in the NFC East. Those games just seem to be pretty friendly when those two teams get to, any of those two teams in that division get together yeah and you, you mentioned about the the receivers in Washington I mean and I only probably know this because I ran him out a couple times Jameson Crowder actually looks like he could be a nice slot receiver he's not mm-hmm. going to be a great fantasy fantasy stud but I think he's helpful to a quarterback that can get you the first down move the chains um, without you having to throw the ball and, and Jordan Reed does the same thing um, they're going to get you their third and sevens pickups. 
um, where Deshaun Jackson's basically useless. Yeah. The one thing, too, you know, Ed, go back to talking about running games. They signed Chris Ivory for a reason. I think that's maybe because they don't want to be the team that they were last year. They want to focus on running the ball a little more, whereas I don't trust anybody in Washington that's going to be toting the rock. I agree. The one thing we're missing out on with the run game is how much play action is used and how effective it is in the NFL. I think the ability to run a play action fake and move the linebackers three, four yards out of position is huge. Um, and when you don't have any run game like Washington, it's just straight drop back. The linebackers are flying out there on the snap of the ball. It's tough to get things over the middle. You're going deep down the sidelines. and I mean, it's just a, it's just a point that opens things up, especially for young quarterbacks. It's huge when it, when it's an easy read because there's a linebacker at the line of scrimmage and the middle of the field's wide open between the hash marks. It's an easy read. Um, and that's, that's just, I feel like it's something we're overlooking. All right, uh, next two guys I want to talk about. Um, two guys I think have kind of been forgotten in this year's rankings, Carson Palmer and Tony Romo. Uh, two guys that when they're in there, um, you know, Palmer's been incredible the last two years in that. Arizona offense, speaking of targets, he's got three great receivers and an, a good pass-catching running back um, in David Johnson. Tony Romo, you know, him and Des Bryant and Jason Witten, those two guys are outstanding when Romo's on the field. And I think we all like the running back that they had in the draft in Ezekiel Elliott. So two guys that I think um, could be guys that we wouldn't be surprised if they finished in the top five this year for quarterbacks. Where do you guys stand on Romo and Carson Palmer? These these two guys, for me, are kind of a big reason I'm okay in waiting. I think these two guys down here, if I end up with either one of these later in the draft, I'm still happy. Like you said, uh, both have great, what should be pretty good offenses, good running backs, good receivers, um, can put up some numbers, veterans. They know they're proven. Um, the only question... Probably his health. I'm in on Palmer. Uh, I'm waiting to see on Romo. Uh, just too many injuries, man, for Romo for me to bank on him. Um, but Palmer, I'm still in on. It seems like he gets forgotten just about every year. Uh, no one really thinks about the guy as, as a great fantasy asset too much. And with the weapons that he has, it's it's hard not to. Um, like you said, three really good receivers. David Johnson, I think, is is a star. Um, I think Palmer's sneakily going to be another top six, top five guy. I'm with you. I'm on Palmer more than Romo. Not just for Romo's own own health, but also Des Bryant. See if he stays healthy this year. Um, But to touch on what Schur said, I completely agree. The fact that we're 8, 10, 12 quarterbacks in, however many we've talked about, and you still let off this part with saying that these two guys that could still sneak into the top five. I mean, we just continue to talk about how you can wait and still find that top five guy. It's just so much. There's so many guys up at the top that could, are interchangeable. Yeah, but what about, I don't want to beat it home, but what about the people that waited on Tony Romo last year and they got burned? Isn't isn't it a point where if you are the, if you're one of the last people to draft a quarterback in your league, you almost have to follow it up a round or two later with another one just to be sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, at the same time, that comes back to me on, on the and a couple of us said it now the waiver wire. I mean, past bye weeks, nobody's probably rostering two quarterbacks, so there's always options out there where you can play matchups, you can play weather, um, that sort of thing. If I wait on a quarterback, I'm taking another one close behind it, just in case. Because you're taking a guy in Romo or Palmer that we're saying could be top five, top six guys, but you're also taking guys that are older and could miss. You could miss on them. So to me, I'm taking another guy behind them. But I think if I left the draft with you know, Eli and I came back a round or two later and, then, and got one of these two guys, because a lot of people have already gotten their first quarterback and they're going to wait on them, when they're trying to get their second or third receiver, and I've already got mine earlier in the draft, I'm okay with that. I'd take Eli and Romo or Palmer right out of there if, if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, for me, if I don't get a top five guy, I'll run just about anyone out there. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it is. I mean, if I'm, if I'm not running out uh, a top five quarterback, then 
I'll just take my chances. Uh, run, run just about anyone. Well, last year you took a chance on this gentleman, Tom Brady. I thought we were going to go a whole show without <laughs> talking about him. I was so upset. I'm glad we got to this yeah. part of the show. All right, so you took a chance on Tom Brady because you um, think that you just had seemed to know that he wasn't going to miss any time last year. Rules don't apply. Yeah, to yeah, you've been on record, I think, saying this year that the rules still don't apply to Tom Brady and he won't miss any time this year as well. Another guy that you might be able to wait on this year and if you take the right gamble, maybe you have a top three quarterback instead of top five. Um, how late do you think you can get Tom Brady? And is he ever going to have a season where he's not a top five quarterback in the NFL? Well, <coughs> it depends what we're ranking on. If we're ranking on total points and he doesn't play the first four weeks, he's not going to end up in the top. But you said you'll play just about anyone, so you're drafting him for his per game at this point. Yeah, you're I mean, willing to you're willing to wait out the first four weeks, waiting for him to come back, even if he is suspended. Yeah, I'm going to keep him in our league, um, and just sit him on the bench for four weeks, and I'll be fine with it because I know when he comes back, he's going to be a top five guy. Um, it's just the consistency you get. They're going to throw the ball, <laughs> and he's going to he's going to chuck the ball around the field, and he's going to put up good numbers when he does it. So I have no problem waiting him out, even if he has to sit four games. And you know when he comes back in week five, he's going to be ready to go. So I have no problem. He's just that good. He's that good. Are we ever going to see a season where Tom Brady's not that good? That what Gronk say? No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. As, as, as Shane sits here in his Tom Brady jersey. So <laughs> this is totally biased, at least from 25% this of this podcast. Completely biased. I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan on the show. Probably in the, in the world. world. Yeah. Um, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. So he has the best tight end I've ever seen. And he has a great weapon in Julian Edelman that he absolutely loves to throw the ball to. They work well together. Um, just kind of fits what they do. And as long as he has those those two weapons, we're not going to see a bad season. Let me spin the tables here. You're keeping Brady in an auction draft. Who are you looking for for your second? Are you just grabbing Garoppolo for a dollar? I'll, I'll grab anyone, anyone at the end of the draft. Teddy Two Gloves. Joe Flacco. At that point, it's, it's not going to matter. I mean, at that point, the first four weeks, I'm just looking to win two. If I can win two, get out two and two, and insert Brady in the lineup, I think we'll be fine. Any, any thoughts on Brady from you two guys? Yeah, I mean, championships aren't won in the first four weeks, so I don't necessarily have a, a huge issue with if he is out for the first four weeks, still getting him. Um, but obviously, you can't can't go 0-4, so you got to pull the right strings in that situation. I will go on record and say I'm not completely sold that he's going to miss four weeks of football this year. <laughs> yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be less, if any. That's a crime. It's I'm, not even crime. Gonna, I'm not even going to debate the amount of games he's going to miss because I'm so sick of hearing <laughs> about it and talking about it. Whatever happens, happens. If he misses four games, I think you're okay waiting on him. But you gotta you got to cover yourself just in case. Um, I don't know how I feel about just running anyone out there for four weeks. That's Four weeks is a decent amount of time. I feel you got to cover your bases and try and snag somebody that you can bank on for four weeks. Um, but that's just me. Well, two guys that could be that anybody that you run out there, Tyrod Taylor and Derek Carr. Two more exciting names and two more players that yet again uh, just beat the drum for being able to wait on quarterback because I think these are two guys that are going to be startable more than they're not going to be startable. Um, Carr seems to be the headliner on what is an up-and-coming Raiders team that a lot of people are excited about. Again, that's another team that just has a stink stigma around them that you maybe wonder if they're ever going to really take off. Um, and then Tyrod Taylor, you get the, you get the running game with him. Um, but I think we all question the arm skill with Taylor. So who do you guys like better out of those two? Derek Carr. Carr, and it's not close. It's not close at all. Uh, I think you and I, are, Shane, are, are two of the biggest downers anywhere on Tyrod Taylor this year. I will have no parts of him. And I, st I think this is kind of where we start to take that dip where 
you start to question, did I wait too long? I think if you walk out of your draft with Derek Carr or Tyrod Taylor as your one, you're going, did did I wait around too long? Did I wait two rounds too long? You know, because I, I think you're missing those guys. I, I hate that I keep bringing up Eli Manning because I don't even like him that much as a fantasy quarterback, but I feel like he's that bottom tier of where you can where you can leave the draft going, I'm okay. Um, and that's really just because the season he put together last year and the fact that he finally has a number two in Sterling Shepard. But I think if you leave with these two dudes, one of these two, you're concerned. Um, a guy we didn't talk about that I would put above both of them is Winston. I think Jameis Winston is better than both these guys this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm down big time on Tyrod Taylor. I don't believe in him. Yeah, I'm also Derek Carr and, and not really close. Um, another guy like Eddie just mentioned, but um, different. Philip Rivers, I would put ahead of this group um, that I would be still be okay with walking away with as my quarterback one. I'm going to go out on the record right now and say Tyrod Taylor is going to stink this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, gonna I'm, I'm going to take Tyrod Taylor over Derek Carr. Um, I need to see another year. <laughs> I need to see another year of Derek Carr. Don't need to see another one from Tyrod. <laughs> Don't need another one. Why? He was great last year. I mean, he had a bunch of weeks where he was over 25 points. The, the running ability, I mean, we saw Tim Tebow, who couldn't make throw a five-yard out, be a starting quarterback in fantasy football because of his ability to run. Why are you throwing your hands in the air? <laughs> when was he ever starting in fantasy football? He was really good. They crossed the 50 and kicked 60-yard field goals in the mile high. That's how he won football games. He was very startable um, that year. It was 2013. <clears throat> All right. Um. Whatever. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be right about Tyrod Taylor. So. Uh, we know who causes quarterback in the upcoming season will be. I have Andrew Luck already. I'm. <laughs> I'm not dropping Luck. But Taylor would be a guy I would love to have as my QB too because he's he's startable. Anybody that gets you three to four points on the ground on a on a decent on a bad week. If that's if he doesn't get in the end zone on the ground, that's just outstanding in my opinion. Yeah, I guess it's free points. It's free points. Because of that, I I agree. I'm not as low on him. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't target him. I'm not going to be targeting him. But because of the rushing yards and and Lashawn McCoy, Carlos Williams, you can throw it out there and still get a 40 yard pass play when you threw it two yards. Um, So I think there's a little bit of value in him. But no one manages a quarterback better than Rex Ryan. Nobody. It's another reason to hate him. He's never had a good one. Yeah, that was being sarcastic. Um, All right, Brock Osweiler, a guy I want to talk about because I think he's polarizing. I think he's a guy that he might be a guy that people leave with their as their QB one on draft day, along with Carr and Taylor. And if you leave with Osweiler as your QB one, how you feeling? Probably not good. I think a lot of people are going to leave and feel good about it. I really do. A lot of people are going to leave and feel good about it. Justified or no? I don't think. Um, but I mean, there's, like I said, but some of the names I read off, there's guys that come out of nowhere every year and those guys that come out of nowhere every year have a weapon. Um, I'm certainly not going to buy into him as my QB one. I'd take him and put him as my QB two, just in case I'd roster him. I'm, I'm completely okay with rostering him and, and seeing how things go for the first couple weeks, just because of the Hopkins factor. I mean, if Hoyer, if Hoyer could do it and and be okay for a little while there until the playoffs. Um, I don't see why not he could do it. Um, he made some made some plays in Denver. A lot more weapons there, but I still think he can play. So we'll see what happens. The ASU connection with Jalen Strong, they weren't there at the same time. But, you know, Strong with ASU? I didn't know that. Yes, sir. Where do you guys stand on Osweiler? I think, I think you said something in the last podcast that I listened to, just that – how good can this dude be if the uh, Broncos were willing to to let him walk? Uh, I mean, I've, if an organization that wants to compete and wants to follow up is going to let their quarterback walk away and, and be okay with Mark Sanchez and or whatever else is out there, uh, how good can he be? That's just John Elway's ego. I don't think that means anything. Well, I wonder if they knew 
what Houston was offering him, and they just said we we're not willing to go there. Yeah. I mean, they had other guys they had to pay. Von, I mean, Von Miller, they needed to re-sign, and they still haven't. They've... They're close to letting him sit for a season. Yeah. Because Elway's ego is too big. So I don't read into that much at all. I don't, I don't think it was that Elway was sitting there saying, this guy can't play quarterback in the league, we're not re-signing them. I think it was that they didn't want to pay him what he was being paid because Elway seems to be a bit of a penny pincher. I mean, he won't even re-sign the best pass rusher in the league when he already came out and said, I'll sit this season if I don't have a contract. And he's still not, it doesn't seem like he still has any sense of urgency to get it done. So I don't read into that. Well, to answer your question, I think you would feel sick. <laughs> Shane, bring in the comedy tonight. <laughs> if you walked away with him as your QB1. Um, certainly a guy I would take some chances on, some matchups. Like I said earlier, a guy I would run out in the first four weeks looking for a replacement for Brady. Um, but you in no way are going to feel good about it. Um, if you do, then you're going to struggle. What um, if, give us give us a feeling since you're full of them. <coughs> give us a feeling if you walk away with one of the if you wait on quarterback, walk away with one of the Eli Mannings, that second tier guy, and then you have Osweiler behind him. How do you feel? You walk away with Eli Manning as your one. And if Osweiler. One of those second tier guys, Manning, Rivers, Winston, some of the guys, cousins, some of the guys we thrown out, and then you have Osweiler as your two. I think I'd much rather just be stick with Eli. Uh, than, than Shane Osweiler. hates Osweiler. Yeah, Osweiler. That far down the feeling down. I was thinking of was optimistic. I, I think I, I think I'd much rather have a guy like Jameis Winston. I'd much rather have a guy like even Matt Ryan. I think I'd feel like. Well, that was the next guy I wanted to go to. Thank you for bringing him up because <laughs> this is a dude that if I'm leaving draft day with him as my QB one, I am sick to my stomach. No way. I, I'm high on Matt Ryan this year. I ranked him high. I don't even know what number I had him on our list. You had him top 10, I think. Yeah, I'm in on him. I'm in on him. 2014, he was good. He was up there in the top 6, 7, I want to say. Maybe top 5. He adds one of the most, I guess, dynamic pass-catching running backs that we saw in the game last year in Freeman. He's got the second-best receiver in football on his team, if not the best. And he had his worst season last year in a very friendly division. Um just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know. He's just bland. It's like it's like the college you went to, Boston College. You're just vanilla. <laughs> I think vanilla is, if you had to give Matt Ryan a nickname, we'd call him vanilla. Matty Ice. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's good, just... Good linkage there. He just sucks. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm in on him. I think he's in the... I think I'd put him right there in the tier... That we're talking about waiting for, I, I think I'm okay with. You that. wait away, man. You you get him. Okay you it. do that. You, I, I don't think there's a huge gap between. You the take guys your we've talked about in that ride. Two hundred and thirty yards all to Julio Jones and a touchdown in one game. He sucks. <laughs> but you're going to be the owner of the second wideout over there, and Marvin Jones, because you love the the Muhammad Sanu. Or, Sanu, yeah, yeah, because yeah, Hankerson was okay last year. In a couple games, I don't know. I just. There's other guys that have much higher upside than Ryan. Ryan maybe has a higher floor, but there's absolutely no upside with him, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm not super high on him. Again, now we're getting into guys that we're talking about outside of a 12-team league ranking-wise. So you're not looking to get... You shouldn't... I can't imagine these are your QB1s. Nobody that you're targeting. Point. Right. So... Would I would I roster him for for the right price or or run him out for a week if if it's right? Um, if the Saints are coming into town, probably <laughs> Monday night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a forty-five to forty-two game. I'll, I'll buy in, but all right. Well, let's just do some quick uh, association here. Stop me when there's a quarterback that you wouldn't take before Brock Osweiler. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's back on Osweiler. Because I think there's one here that I think we can all agree on that projections are all higher than Osweiler this year. So, I mean, the top guys, I think we're all obviously taking. Yeah. I mean, we're taking. Start around 10. I'm going to start around. I'm going to start at 9, which is Matt Stafford. I think that's a guy that we might actually consider taking. I'd rather, no I'd rather have Osweiler. No You're... shot. We'll stop there. Yeah. No right. shot. I'm taking him. That dude. You want to talk about Matt Ryan being Julio Jones dependent? Watch what Stafford does without Calvin this year. It's going to make people throw up. Me included. Watch him have his best season ever this year. No shot. <laughs> All right, so let me skip after him. Yeah, bad start. <laughs> Let's That's start why over. I wanted to get him out of the way. So 
So Tony Romo. Rather a Romo. Yes. Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Yes. Philip Rivers. I'd take Osweiler a <laughs> hundred times before Tyrod Taylor. I'm so down on that guy. What was the next name? Sorry. Philip Rivers. Rather Rivers. Rivers. Dalton. Yeah. Manning. He, he's vanilla too, but. Cousins. Bortles. Nah, I I that's close for me. Car. Car. That's Mar- close too. Mariota. Tannehill. I would take Tannehill over Mariota, and I would take Tannehill over Osweiler, but I'd take Osweiler over Mariota. Flacco. I'd rather have Osweiler. Osweiler. So we're right there in the 20 range is where... So I feel like if we're right there in the... There were a couple names, so you throw them in the 16, 17 range. Can't be happy with the guy. That's why... No. The number one. No, no. Then we all agreed you're yeah. taking him as a two, and you're optimistic that he could he could be that guy that explodes and gets in there. Yeah, if Osweiler's your one, it's because you have a ridiculous amount of depth at your skill positions, and everybody started taking second quarterbacks before. You gotta have a feeling on him, and you, you win your league. Maybe because your roster and Bell Brown. All right, we're, we're right around the hour mark, and. My dad told me to keep the podcast shorter this year. Um, so we didn't mention guys like Andy Dalton. We didn't really talk about Winston too much, Mariota, Tannehill. Give me one guy that we didn't talk about from each of you that you're generally optimistic about this season. Uh, I think, Eddie, if I had to guess, you'd probably talk about Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I do like Tannehill. I think Tannehill's going to be good this year. He's finally got a quarterback's coach down there. I think he's going to have a nice season. Uh, I like Winston, too. Um, there's a lot of guys that I do like at the bottom there. I, th- I feel like I like some of the guys at the bottom more than I do at the the top end of that, at the bottom end of that top tier. Um, willing to gamble in quarterback, so. I, I would probably kind of draw my line with Mariota. Um, I think he's he has the potential, again, to get you some of those free points on the ground. I know he didn't run a ton last year in year one. Um, maybe has a resurgence of a running game, depending on what DeMarco Murray can do there. Uh, so Mariota's a low-end guy that I I like. For me, it's Colin Kaepernick. Not too far removed from being a fantasy stud. I'm with you on that one, too. So, hey, maybe he's a bust. Maybe he's still terrible, but hey. Only a couple years removed from being a lock top five, top ten guy. So, well, we know who Shane's going to be starting a quarterback for the four weeks while Tom Brady's <laughs> sitting. Uh, Shane loves Vance McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heard about that? Um, just a guy I want to touch on that everyone's forgotten about. My guy here is Alex Smith. Um, you talked about Adam Gase managing quarterbacks. Andy Reid does a real nice job too with quarterbacks. Very underrated. He gets a lot of hate in this area because Eagles fans are stupid um, and they like to run good people out of town like Andy Reid and Chip Kelly. Um, But Alex Smith, not going to make many mistakes. He's not going to be really exciting. Um, But you're looking at 250, two touchdowns. You know, Kelsey, Macklin, Charles, he's got some good weapons around him. And Alex Smith, I think if you leave draft day with Alex Smith as your QB too, you can take a shot with your QB1 because you have some safety there in your backup. So I just wanted to get that Alex Smith in there. Absolutely. All right. Um, So some guys that we didn't talk about, you know, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, um, Mariota you mentioned, Flacco, uh, Robert Griffin III, Jay Cutler, Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he's going to go, Geno Smith, worst quarterback ever. Um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot out there, and it's gonna be interesting to see who the guys are that move up into that top ten, like Bortles and guys like that did last year. There's gonna be one or two of them um, who's gonna be the first one to go out and get them on the wire. It could make or break your season. But it was fun talking quarterbacks with you guys tonight. Um, we'll move on to running backs next week, probably. Uh, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle Twenty Three. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. Rate review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, just you know, having this off-season meeting, it's it's fun talking about football. This, for as much as you know, most of us love fantasy baseball. 
football's where I think everybody can appreciate a good fantasy football season. It's it's much easier, um, I think, to follow because of the weekly game. And it's, I'm definitely excited to start talking football here as we get into July. So uh, just looking forward to keep going with these off-season podcasts. So for Shane, Brandon, and Eddie, I am Matt Koslowski uh, signing off.